swords and candle art to spark souls and charge souls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's ores. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest the tone earl rock shoes to every clue keeps the exit gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control nations Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. y'all. With this control issues, I am the AMC. And this is A Dub. You can find us at control issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for control issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, do whatever you got to do to it. Head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod. We put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure. And also skip on over to Twitter at my control. What is it? At my control or yeah, at my control issues is the handle. Yes. Or my control issues. Yeah, my, my control issues is what it is. Yeah, it just kind of fell apart for me there. <laughs> 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 kind of lost my train of thought. Got all sleepy Joe on them. Yes, sir. Well, A-Dub, how has your week been going? Uh, week is going pretty awesome, man. I moved into a new place. Got a new president. It's, it's awesome. So I don't have any complaints. AMC, how about yourself? Yeah, it's nice. Um... You mentioned we got a new president. Um, what was great about this week? It, it was an uneventful week, which is uh, yeah. which is nice for a change. You're, you're not worrying about just society decaying and crumbling right before your eyes. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it got back to a sobering reality. Like, ah, uh, okay, now we can focus on how abysmal things really are instead of what we believe them to be. <laughs> yeah, it feels very much like a new hope where things are fucked up. It's the start of a trilogy. But like things, <laughs> things are heading in the right in the right direction. But you know, you got an Empire Strikes Back somewhere in there where things aren't going to end so well. But then, eventually, we'll get to Return of the Jedi, and, yes. and then we can all dance with the Ewoks and have a parade. And then we whoop that ass. <laughs> it's Speaking of this galaxy. <laughs> Speaking of a dub, whooping that ass. Video games. What you've been playing? Well, man, between all the ferrying of physical objects back and forth between my old place and my new place, I managed to squeeze in some time with Risk of Rain 2. If you head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod, you'll, you'll see a few clips of what I'm doing up in that, up in that region. So yeah, Risk of Rain 2. Um, I think I'm getting better. Like I'm I have much greater command of the mechanics and the content. So I know what items I'm going for. I know what they do. And like I, like I said, I, I understand the mechanics of the game better. So I'm not really lollygagging or wasting time. So, you know, just running for more encounters, funneling enemies together in groups to make them easier to dispatch, using my speed to my advantage. And yeah, just trying to get further. I think I've made it to the fourth set of stages. And then I looked it up 
there's one more stage after that and then a final stage. So two more stages after that. I just phrased it differently. Uh, have not beaten that that fourth stage. I don't even recall if I activated the teleporter on that level. I definitely lasted a lot longer than I did when I reached it the first time. But still, it just keeps pulling out one or two little surprises that I didn't see in my last run, and it, it just decimates me. So I'm looking forward to digging further into that. Unlock the fourth character, which is the engineer. This character is very oriented toward controlling their proximity. Or, damn, you could even just run around the level with enemies chasing you, planting, planting landmines and throwing grenades. That's awesome. But yeah, this character uses explosives, puts down a shield, and that's an interesting play style. I'm most interested in the Huntress because she's got that bow and arrow with the arrows that bounce between enemies doing crazy damage. But, you know, she's a little squishy, though. And then I have I have one of what I think are maybe two or more mechs, and uh, it's, it's like multi is its name, and it's got some pretty devastating attacks that I want to try out, but sticking with the commando because I want to get, I, I understand the commando more. So I feel like I can get through the game. If I continue to learn the commando, perhaps unlock some of the commandos, other alternate attacks so that I can have a different play style within that character type. So, you know, really just digging into it. I need to get back to divinity too, though, because I'm in the final battle. And there's no reason why I shouldn't finish this off. I had to look it up to see what the trick was there. I was never going to guess it in a million years. So I'm glad I looked it up and I'm looking forward to getting back in, hopefully seeing the credits roll and being a gaming free agent, if only for a few days before I settle on the next game that I'm going to push to the finish line. But AMC, what have you been playing? Um, don't have much to say here. I've been putting in work on that Fire Emblem. That Fimblem. Yeah, they um, they haven't really added any new gameplay mechanics. There's not really much to discuss there. I will say this story-wise, what it's doing fun um, is that there are, without dipping into heavy spoilers, a lot of your allies, or at least not a couple of your allies, are turning out to be enemies, at least where I'm at in the game. And they warned me a couple hours in. They said, um, just be wary that some people that you consider enemies now might be your allies down the line and people that you consider your allies now might become enemies down the line. And I'm seeing certain characters suddenly just turn bad. <laughs> like, and they literally turn bad. It's like they're evil and all of a sudden they become a monster. So there's somewhat of a scroll like invasion of, um, I guess, imposters or spies within the monastery. And um, so I don't know what the, what the big conspiracy is at this point, how high it goes, who it's going towards, who's the leader, who's running this. Um, but I know that people around me are not to be trusted. And it's a game that's all about building relationships um, so that you can have your team and, and um, you know, have a stronger unit. But knowing that you have to question some people within that unit, it's a, it's an interesting wrinkle to throw into a game like that. And I'm, I'm enjoying it from a story perspective, just uh, from a story perspective, not even necessarily from a gameplay standpoint. So yeah, gameplay, Fire Emblem, killing it. Um, but let's get into the topics of the week. Top topics of the week. 
Oh, we got some interesting stories. You know what? I'll lead off this week, A-Dub. Um, this one, you know what? It's, it's a non-story, but it's a story because it happened over the span of a couple of days. And this having to do with Xbox Live Gold. Uh, if you don't know what that is, that is their online membership in order to be able to play games multiplayer, um, similar to uh, PSN or PS Plus, I should say. And yeah, they uh, they decided that they were going to change the price of Xbox Live Gold, and you know things happen. So you know what? I'm, I'm going to start <laughs> off. This is the uh, Xbox blog post <laughs> where they uh, announced it. So here we go. Periodically, we assess the value and pricing of our services to reflect changes in regional marketplaces and to continue to invest in the Xbox community. We'll be making price adjustments for Xbox Live Gold in select markets. In many markets, the price of Xbox Live Gold has not changed for years, and in some markets, it hasn't changed for over 10 years. Hmm. Now, this part I'm reading is now crossed out, but they left it on the blog post. Going forward, new pricing will be one month, $10.99, three months for $29.99, and six months will be $59.99 or your local market equivalent. Um, And so if you think about it by comparison, uh, a year of PS Plus is $60. A year Xbox Live Gold originally was $60. So now they're saying... Six months is sixty dollars. So basically, they've doubled the value of Xbox Live Gold. <laughs> oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> the internet, the internet blew up immediately. Like, what the fuck? You're this killing. definitely, this definitely should have been trolled. <laughs> yeah, uh, they said that this would basically this would come with your next renewal. So whenever your current um, subscription ended and you renewed, if you wanted to get a year, you would be paying double the price. And yeah, so the Xbox Xbox fanboy not having it. They sent their letters. They they tweeted. They trolled. They organized. They rallied, and it took a little less than eighteen hours. And Xbox updated their blog posts, and so now. <laughs> This is the response to the community. We messed up today. And, uh. <laughs> and you were right to let us know. Connecting and playing with friends is a vital part of gaming. And we failed to meet the <laughs> expectations of players who count on it every day. As a result, we have decided not to change Xbox Live Gold pricing. We're turning this moment into an opportunity. Oh, it's a learning point to bring. <laughs> <laughs> They're walking away with a lesson out here. <laughs> to bring Getting everybody all worked up for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're turning this moment into an opportunity to bring to begin to bring Xbox Live more in line with how we see the player at the center of their experience. For free-to-play games, you will no longer need an Xbox Live Gold membership to play those games on on Xbox. Oh, so we're getting more value. Um, We are working hard to deliver this change as soon as possible in the coming months. Oh, but it's not ready yet. Uh. Uh, (laughs) And so, yeah, to, to double down, if you are an Xbox Live Gold member already, you stay at your current price for renewal. New and existing members can continue to enjoy Xbox Live Gold for the same price they pay today. Mm. In the US, $9.99 for a month. For three months, $24.99. 
For six months, $39.99. And for 12 months, $59.99. Okay, okay. So, yeah, we're, we're staying at the OG prices of $60 for a year. <laughs> they tried to kick it up, <laughs> kick it up a notch by yeah. a, a notch by a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, oh. people got pissed off. It's uh, it's interesting. Uh, so I mean, cons- conspiracy theory. AMC looks at this as um, they were testing the. You know, when you, sometimes you need to do a heat check with your with your uh, consumer, with your consumer base, and see their reactions to certain things. And so they put this out, and the fact that they were able to change policy within 24 hours shows that maybe they weren't. They weren't fully cemented in this idea. They didn't have their feet planted, dug into the dirt um, when they decided to up the price on this. And so seeing that the community reacted this way, they're like, oh, you know what? We don't really need to do this. You know what? We crunched the numbers and you know what? We don't need to like we don't need to collect more money from the community in order to further, um, I guess, invest in these services. And so they they rolled it back. It's uh, I don't I don't know. What do you think, Adam? Hey, dub conspiracy theory. And this is a real conspiracy theory. (laughs) I think this is a sign that Game Pass, as it continues to expand, isn't sustainable. And that they're trying to figure out a means by which to pay for it. Because you you just double Xbox Live prices for no reason whatsoever. And then immediately flip flop on that. There's something going on with the money and they need to get an influx of it. And that falls into into your conspiracy theory about it being a heat test. I think they, yeah, absolutely. But in the in a manner where they're just trying to see where people get upset about the price hike before they put one in. It's like, hey, can, can we get it? Can we get it from live? Oh, we can get it from live. All right, can we get it by making our games? Five dollars more expensive on top of the ten. I we can't do that. Or can we, can we get some microtransactions? I we can't do that. <laughs> They're gonna keep poking and prodding until they find the place where they can increase their revenue without people taking notice. Yeah, the um, building on your point. So the the conspiracy I read that was close to the uh, Xbox, the Game Pass one that you were saying is that. They were increasing the li- the the price of Xbox Live Gold in order to try to funnel people over to Game Pass because that would be the greater value. So really, they just want to move their their community over to Game Pass, and so they basically outprice them on the Xbox Live Gold side, so that they just ah, you know what, fuck it, why not just get the Game Pass that already has that attached with it. <laughs> a, a lesser of two evils kind of situation where you're making one less less attractive than the other one to get some get some popularity. Yeah, it's uh it's interesting. I mean, now stepping outside and just I can see that it, though. That makes that makes total sense. Yeah, is there a price point that you can foresee as far as like uh, PS Plus that would kind of like be your your cutting point where it's like, do I really need this or not? A hundred bucks. hundred bucks, yeah. Yeah. I, like a hundred bucks a month for something that doesn't like pay my family in the event of my death or cover my teeth. I don't know, man. Can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into that next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. 
BMC, I'm going to take it this time. Get in it. Just a, a quick hit. Play Dead, the developers of Limbo and Inside, have announced that their next game is going to be multi-platform, and it's going to be a third-person science fiction adventure. AMC, as somebody who played Inside, who enjoyed Inside, what does this news do for you? Uh, I, I love it. Um, one sci-fi that's always it's always a welcome experience, a welcome genre to jump into. And then on top of that, these developers, yeah, they made um, it was Inside and Limbo, two great two D games that um, really um, you know thought of physics based puzzles and how to work that into the gameplay while also telling an abstract story that isn't necessarily laid out for you. That that's up to uh, interpretation. Um, they, their games are as as simple as they are are very artful i really love the uh the design the 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 artistic style of um inside specifically limbo is great inside was another level and just you know i felt emotion for a game that had little to no voice acting and um just one character and a bunch of like random like i guess background characters that are just scientists um and so yeah it'd be interesting to see now what this is going to be already the fact that they're going 3d makes me think that they want to do something a little bigger um but who knows maybe they still want to keep it a little simplistic as far as storytelling but just have a different perspective within the game but i like that they're trying to do something a little different for um what's been i guess a consistent style of um style of gameplay that they've gone with so far uh, what do you think, Ada? Yeah, if you're if you're interested in seeing what that looks like, you can head on over to IGN. You, your man Jordan Oleman has an article up talking about the game, and also has nine screenshots that show some absolutely breathtaking artwork. Like this game is definitely going to win awards for its visual presentation alone. Uh, personally, I haven't played Limbo nor inside however i've heard nothing but good things about them i've seen the reviews and the, the glowing critical reception i love the art styles and i like that despite how those games look when people begin to talk about them and describe like the the atmosphere and the kinds of things that happen it's like wait what <laughs> because it they definitely don't look like what they end up containing so that's always intrigued me. I still need to bring myself to buy these and play these. However, with there being a third-person science fiction game on the horizon, and I'm looking at these screenshots, which are, I must say again, stunningly gorgeous. I mean, you'll you'll see on your own AMC. <laughs> but yeah man i'm i'm pumped for this one just third person sci-fi adventure that's an automatic day one for me in most cases seeing these screenshots automatic day one i will be there uh let's see next topic of the week of the week uh <laughs> <laughs> yes uh you know let's go into the cyberpunk corner of uh of our show we both have stories each uh do you want to lead this one off or you want me to take it away first uh, this uh, i'll lead off this was pretty big about 17 gigs large so 
I hope your hard drives are ready because Cyberpunk 2077 has gotten its 1.1 patch that was scheduled to arrive this month in January. So CD Projekt, round of applause for staying on your your post-launch <laughs> update schedule, your update roadmap. Uh, yeah, so this came out. A-Dub downloaded it. Very satisfied with my internet speeds over here at the new place. I have to rub it in. But um, yeah, it... Downloaded. It's been so long since I put in any earnest time with the game that I really can't. I'm not like I'm not on top of the controls like I used to be, and I'm not cognizant of the game world around me as much as I used to be. And I'm just like every now and then I'll find something else to be like, ah, that's dumb. But you know, apparently this is supposed to fix performance issues like crowd densities on the pro and you know other mission related glitches and roadblocks that are preventing people from enjoying the game. Uh, it's yet to be seen. Uh, it seems to perform a little better. So I'll just have to dig more into it. Hopefully this is the news everybody wants to hear. Uh, <laughs> I, I know that it comes with some news that some people may not want to hear. Uh, and a little addendum to the patch being out. Cyberpunk 2077's latest patch has apparently added a game-breaking bug. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, they gaming. <laughs> so it was reported by Kotaku that Cyberpunk 2077 update 1.1 was supposed to address an issue in Down on the Street where Takamura wouldn't call. He does call now following the update, but apparently he doesn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> So you're still at a point where you can't beat the game because you can't finish your mission. And it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> AF <laughs> AFC, how does how does this news affect you? Uh, it doesn't affect me at all because I do not own this game. Um, yeah, it's uh, one of those things. I, I guess I'm happy that they put out this patch. Um, I probably won't get anywhere near this game until I get a PS5. So my my... I guess my theory is patch away and then hopefully when I get my hands on it, it'll, it'll be closer to the PC version of the game. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've kind of like just backed away from anything cyberpunk up until this point, just because it's, it's all lawsuits and then and promises and, and anger. <laughs> so it's just, it's so tainted right now. Like reading anything, like every article now is trying to figure out what went wrong and who's to blame in a way that like, it's it's very um, reminiscent of like sports and like when a team doesn't Monday make it. Monday morning quarterbacking. Exactly. Like a team that was favored doesn't end up making it to the championship. And then for the next week, all we end up talking about is what went wrong. Is it the coach's fault? Is it the players? Is, is there something up with the chemistry? How did their season fall apart? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's, it's one of those things that who knows, maybe, maybe it is a cautionary tale where like studios will never do this again, or it'll be one of those things where history finds a way of repeating itself. So mm -hmm. if it's one of those things where history finds a way of repeating itself, it's like, why even bother falling down a rabbit hole of that, that just down spiral of negativity? Yeah. <laughs> Just hey, um, it happened. Move on. Yeah, I mean, how ha, has this, as you as you said, as you were discussing it, and even just the idea of like jumping back into that world, I could I could sense some, I guess, somberness. Uh, has this tainted your or soured 
your I guess feel for the game or is there is there a glimmer of hope that like you could hop into this game and still really get into it like say like, uh, I definitely like, can hop into it and, and get into it it's just that the promises and the roadmap of the content releases is you know you get your hope up that like oh maybe maybe this is the one where it gets oh it's not the one <laughs> and it's just that it's chasing that pink dragon basically it's like it's it was nice at first but now it's like you keep trying to fix it but it's just not getting to like that that shiny just pure center isn't being brought to the surface as much as you would like it to so i'm still in it like i love the game is I want these updates to work. So, you know, I'll just keep watching it and get further in the roadmap. It's not like I don't have things to play, things to look forward to. So that's where we are with that. <laughs> yeah. So with the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. week. Yeah. So continuing with Cyberpunk, this is by way of Super Data, which is uh, a Nielsen company all about similar to NPD when it comes to uh, sales, but this one with a focus and emphasis on digital sales. Um, so digital games closed out 2020 with 12 billion in December, which was a 15% growth from the prior year and the highest monthly revenue total ever. Mobile earnings were up 5% year over year and console earnings grew 16%. PC games revenue, however, jumped 40%, largely thanks to the release of Cyberpunk 2077. A little more details here. Cyberpunk 2077 had the biggest game launch of all time based on <laughs> digital revenue and digital units sold. Uh, this being at 10.2 million with an asterisk. And here's the asterisk. These estimates do include digital copies that have been refunded. I, this should say do not. These, these estimates do not include digital copies that have been refunded, but our data shows that refunds did not substantially affect the game's aggregate sales. Damn. Uh, so uh, <laughs> an extreme, extremely high share of digital sales, 80% of Cyberpunk 2077 were on P PC. So yeah, it shows kind of the difference in the narratives of the game. Um, as, we, as we discussed in the pre-show, uh, when cyberpunk first released it obviously got a huge score on pc at a nine and then got an extremely low score on consoles and so the narrative of cyberpunk it has been extremely negative and that's um really having to do with the the console experience of the game but we're seeing these sales um increase increasing or if not doing incredibly well for pc and digitally specifically and so yeah it's um the, PC, the people playing on PC seem to be enjoying it or at least buying it and, and loving the game as they noted that the the refunds didn't affect the um, the launch month, uh, historic numbers that it was pus putting up in the launch month. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's kind of crazy, man, that, uh, that they could have screwed this up so much that they're getting sued for the console experience while you can also point to, but we do have a good game here yeah. <laughs> at the, on the other end. <laughs> so that's why yeah. I like, that's like, for me, it's kind of, I'm just going to wait for this game to get patched and get it on the PS five to get it on the best console possible. Uh, just because it seems like if, if you have it at least on PC, there's a good game to be played here. And so it's just getting it to that playable status on a console. 
will, I guess, let me experience that. <laughs> I mean, I guess in light of this news and these numbers, they very well might win their lawsuits because it's like, okay, you're saying that what we did, it like damaged your shareholder value. We put out the best release <laughs> in digital of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like instantly one of the best selling games of the year. Yeah, if anything, like maybe they they set up a fall guy and be like, "Look, we removed the problem, yeah. <laughs> and we'll never yeah, have to do with this again." Give him a golden parachute. Yeah, exactly. Get rid of T War. Just money coming in. <laughs> you got anything else, Ado? I got a little something else. This week was pretty eventful for Capcom communities mm-hmm. worldwide. Yeah. We got a deeper look into Resident Evil 8 Village. Yeah. We got gameplay details. Uh, yeah. they, had a, they had a 30 minute event. They showed off a new trailer. They showed off some new mechanics. I'm going to run them down for you. Let me see now. Uh, r- rumors began to go around that Resident Evil Village would be more supernatural. Featuring enemies like werewolves, vampires, including a popular tall woman we now know is named Lady Dimitrescu and witches. The internet became a buzz. Those rumors were confirmed during the eventual Resident Evil Village reveal last year, but that was only scratching the surface. Uh, It's still first person, like Resident Evil 7. However, it's gotten a little bit of an improvement with the combat. So Ethan Winters, who's the character you're playing as, he's looking for his daughter. And what he's going to be able to do is to more actively engage with the enemies by way of blocking and countering. Uh, there's a fight where he's up against some vampires in a dungeon, and he blocks the attacks of a bunch of them before he kicks one in the chest. So that immediately <laughs> has piqued my interest. <laughs> I want to see if Capcom can nail first-person melee combat. That would be highly interesting. Uh, it alternates between action-heavy segments and survival-oriented segments. Uh, With the melee attacks aside, according to IGN, enemies seem to attack in hordes now, which should hopefully mean Ethan is loaded up with some extra firepower. Uh, Let me see. Your inventory system is going to be done with that attache case. So you're in there moving stuff around, trying to reorient it so you can make the most (laughs) out of your volume. (laughs) Uh, You're going to be able to upgrade items and craft items in there. And there's also a merchant named the Duke that'll let you buy and sell weapons. So yeah, man, it's looking like this is living up to to being a spiritual successor of Resident Evil 4. Uh, We looked at the gameplay trailer. I'm loving the aesthetic. Just the, the... grandioseness of it all like the the mansion on the side of a mountain the massive ballroom even this massive vampire lady that's taking the internet by storm i'm having all of it what about you amc how do you feel about resident evil 8 as someone who's not that into scary games yeah i echo in all your sentiments um the tone they seem to have nailed it characters are scary and gruesome i mean the vampire lady with that white skin and that dialogue looks like she has um she's she's gonna be an interesting character to uh see evolve throughout the game Mm -hmm. and then even at the end that 
the dude who looks like I don't know. He looked like a scarecrow man, but with a, a huge hammer, and he showed his face, and he like Chuck Mangione. Um, uh, yeah, looking like looking like Father Gascione from Bloodborne. Yes, um, yeah, he uh, he looks like an interesting character too. So it seems like they have the atmosphere, the environment, the setting all right, and I kind of like this that they're just dipping into the supernatural. To then it it expands their options as far as enemies as opposed to you know zombie and and super zombie mm-hmm. and um yeah I, I even like this this blend of what seems to be survival horror and action where you're gonna have you'll possibly have more ammo to deal with the hordes but then if they're if it comes down to you in one zombie if you want to save some ammo you can just try to melee him at least out of your way and move on to kick you him can, in the chest block the attack sweep the leg yeah, sweep the leg. Maybe stomp, stomp his head in. Stomp the head. Yeah. That's that new body head. Yeah, that new body head. Sweep the head. Yeah, stomp the head. Sweep the leg. <laughs> He's already dead, and he just yeah. kick his leg. <laughs> when he tries to get up. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah, it's a uh, it's interesting, and, and as you said, to see how this works from a first person perspective. I mean, everybody loved uh, was it Resident Evil Seven and what yeah. they were able to do with that. I and mean, now, don't let the internet tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, internet has something to say, Doug. Yeah, you know they do. <laughs> Damn, I need to see that. Hold up. <laughs> you got a pop up. Now looking at this vampire lady. <laughs> but yeah, man, people were coming sideways to Resident Evil 8 and and subsequently Resident Evil 7 in today's Troll of the Week. Troll, troll of, of the week. week. Troll of the 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 Week. Troll of so yeah you know what it is here's what they're saying about it another garbage game made by capcom they have no damn clue what to do with this game <laughs> no damn clue no damn clue. they don't know what the fuck they're doing <laughs> <laughs> they have no idea <laughs> next troll resident evil third person greater than resident evil first person uh, next troll says looks shit <laughs> next troll if it's like the abomination that is read in evil 7 it's closer to being a piece of something not master that's for sure <laughs> oh man this guy says if the game is similar to resident evil 7 it will never be a masterpiece <laughs> And last show says, looks goofy as hell. Yeah, look goofy. I mean, I watched the trailer. I've seen images of the vampire lady. I've seen those discussions. And ultimately, I'm having it, man. This is, it's just creepiness. And I like that. I like that they're taking Resident Evil into a different direction than we're used to because you figure what they had. Six numbered entries into the franchise where they're doing this T-virus where you're getting chased by the tyrant and the Mr. X and the, and the mysterious stranger and whatever else. Umbrella, is it the Umbrella um, Academy. Umbrella Corporation. <laughs> so now we got a little change of pace where things are different. Things are a little more grounded and spooky. Like this is, 
this is like adult Scooby-Doo, which is pretty dope because you got a gun and you kicking motherfuckers in the chest the way Fred should have been doing all Scooby-Doo long because that's his character. However, I'm, I'm digging this. I'm, it reminds me of the, damn, I don't even remember the name of the region, but in Bloodborne where the witches are, like that whole area with these vampire ladies running around. It's like, I'm looking forward to seeing if they, they still have the puzzles and how they're doing that. I'm looking forward to seeing just, especially the character development, as you noted earlier with the vampire lady, because she's giving off this air of, of like elegance and class and professionalism while also just a little twisted in the head and sadistic, and, you know? So I want to see how, her true self is going to be revealed over the course of the game, what that's going to entail, what her abilities are, because she's like eight feet tall. (laughs) (laughs) It's super pale. Like she's, she's crouching down to get through normal sized doorways, that kind of thing. So that has spawned a torrential downpour of fan art. Seemingly overnight vampire lady has taken the internet by storm and it's also raised the ire and derision of trolls and naysayers and critics alike. But, you know, that's a different story. Maybe that'll be next week's show of the week. <laughs> Overall, it's, I'm, I'm not thrilled about the game being first person, so I think I'll skip it just on, just on that. But overall, this is the most exciting Resident Evil that I've seen since four really so i'm looking forward to seeing how this comes together and hopefully it does turn out to be something special if nothing else at least we got ourselves a new villain to add to the pantheon of greats and uh, you know i'm just i'm really anxious to see the vampire ladies performances that would be the only reason that i that i stick a toe in this game yeah i mean is it as simple as if this wasn't a lady, people wouldn't be like losing their shits. <laughs> or do you think there's like more to it than that? Well, I mean, there's there's the groups of people who are really into large women. Okay. Like, you know, not not necessarily like big girls, like BBWs. Like the, the, the curvy. <laughs> like, yeah, just big women, like tall, thick. <laughs> just yeah. Like giants, Amazons, that kind yeah, of stuff. Like I don't know if that's derogatory. Don't cancel me. Yeah, like yeah, Serena. I yeah. can't think of any others, but you know what I mean. There's that crew. There are there's like the people who like vampires. There's the people who like dominant women and they want to be submissive to them. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna sit in your lab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then, you know, there's that group of dudes who, who like big women to throw them around and pick them up and shit. Yeah, yeah, I saw on Tash. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was hilarious. <laughs> Sit on my face. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I get it. So, I mean, this does appeal to some people. And then for other people, they're like, what is, what, what's, this thing is making me feel things. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, you know, that then there's always that, stable population of people who just go against it because so many people are for it so soon yeah yeah 
you have to be against you have to be there's always the contrarian out there no matter what it's like resident evil hasn't been good since five or who, yeah. whatever <laughs> it hasn't been good since the second one yeah exactly <laughs> i played them all <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh mercy but yeah so it's, you trolls need to get a new hobby because y'all hating on games on a weekly basis it's getting old it's getting tired if you ain't happy with the hobby you need to hop along I belong, Cassidy. Yes, see, so this is my last story in the next topic of the week. Top topic of, of the, the week. week. Uh, this is a update to the Uncharted movie that everybody's been looking forward to. You know, he, at one point you were looking forward to what Mark Wahlberg, and then, and then being Nate. <laughs> yeah, being Nate, and then you, and then now you're looking forward to Tom Holland. That the holla back at me, uh, playing Nate, playing Nate. <laughs> and, looking forward to Mark Wahlberg playing Sullenberger. Sullenberger, yeah. Um, so yeah, everybody's looking forward to that, and we got news that surprise, surprise, there has been a delay. Uh. So, yeah, here, here's how it goes from by way of gamesindustry.biz. Ongoing pandemic has pushed Nathan Drake's cinematic debut back to February, but not February 2021. Oh, no. What? Uncharted has been pushed more than half of a year, half of a year into 2022. God damn. <laughs> yeah, the film was set to debut in July, on July 16th of 2021, but will now arrive February 11th in 2022. <sighs> I get it. I mean, pandemic, we have videos of Tom Cruise yelling at people for not wearing their masks and being responsible on set to socially distance. And Mm -hmm. uh, because his point being, he's trying to avoid shit like this, uh, the production being delayed due to pandemic pandemic reasons. And And Hollywood getting shut down because they can't do it. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, with, uh, with the prospects of this rollout to of the vaccine and whether or not people will even take it and the accessibility and all that good stuff. Uh, you're seeing a lot of companies push back their deadlines. And uh, I guess we're also now seeing film industries also push back certain deadlines just due to the uh, restrictions with production due to COVID. And so, yeah, I get it. You want to keep people safe. We don't necessarily need an Uncharted movie tomorrow. So yeah. we'll push it back for another year. Nobody's dying for this. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, uh, you got anything else at Adov? I'm all out, good man. All right, sir. You got any final words before we get out of here? Uh, new year, new day, new president. Who this? Like, seriously, it's uh, let let's get it together. You know, don't don't think anybody's gonna forget about your bullshit just because some things have changed. So you know, you're you're not gonna escape justice, but. Everybody else, let's get it together. Let's let's regroup. Let's appreciate what we got. Let's work hard for the things we want. And let's get there together. Let's control issues. I am the AMC. This is Aiden. We are control issues. Thanks for playing. Suckers.